You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome inside our Bush Stadium studios. Nice and steamy here for August 2023. Uh, Joe Pfeiffer, Larry State. I'm Brett McMillan. And we're going to laugh a lot today because Brad Thompson former Cardinals pitcher, Cardinals broadcaster, is sitting down in the chair. Brad, we've been looking forward to having you in. Uh, there's just so many, like, you're like the Forrest Gump of baseball. So many different stories. Forrest Gump of Cardinal baseball. I feel Forrest like you've, you've, uh, you've touched so many different <laughs> careers. Um, I was thinking about Scott Rowland this weekend. We were all in Cooperstown, and you've got a debut story. I know you've told with that before. Tony La Russa, all, all those great teams that you were on in the mid-2000s, and then your whole career with broadcast. So I don't know where to start, guys. Where should we start with Brad? Well, well we don't need no middle-aged rookies, but, you know, we have him here. <laughs> anyway. fair. There's a, there's a lot of ways to go with Brad, yeah. Larry, right? Well, sure. And we just, uh, some of us were fortunate to be in Cooperstown last weekend to honor Scott Rowland. Uh course one of your teammates on the world series championship yeah, did you team? see a bunch of those highlights they were showing guess who was pitching on some of those this guy rockets down the yeah. line he's flagging those things you're you, welcome scott you put him in the hall didn't you well yeah. you know what no he saved me just a couple of <laughs> runs on my era which wasn't pristine yeah. that had to be fun for you yeah. guys oh it was fantastic and and you have a pretty funny story about uh, scott as as your teammate i think maybe your first Major League debut, yeah, Yeah, Major League (laughs) debut. Uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was uh, Mother's Day 2005, and I had been up in the big leagues already for probably like five days. And day one, Tony, knowing full well, he knew that he wasn't going to get me in the game. I didn't know. It was was like just kind of get the adrenaline going. I throw a couple of balls off the backstop, and then they just put an actual good pitcher in. And I got the adrenaline flowing, and we were good to go. But I didn't pitch until five days later. And get the call. I knew we were going to I knew I was going to pitch. We scored like 11 runs in the first inning. We were up quite a bit. I was like, this looks like my kind of game here. This is going to be good. <laughs> um, I ended up coming in and I came in the 7th, pitched the 7th, 8th, and ninth. but I remember jogging in. And this is Bush 2, right? So it, it's the old stadium. You know how big Bush 2 was and how it would surround you. And I made the mistake of when I'm trotting in, I kind of did this one. The, a little look around and, and see what we're dealing with. And boy, there's a lot of people. So I throw my warm up pitches, throw it around the horn like normal. And I'm still kind of like taking it in a little bit. And uh, Scott, playing third base, obviously, walks over with the baseball and he, he looks at me and he's like, Your parents here? I'm like, <laughs> oh, they, they, they didn't make it yet. They're going to come in the next, uh, next homestand. He's like, Oh, okay, great, great. A lot of people, huh? Like, yeah, yeah, Mr. Rowland, a lot of people here. And he flicks me the ball. He goes, well, good luck. And then just, and just walks back off to third and then probably saved uh, four or five uh, doubles down the line. But it was just such a funny – I mean, you guys know Scott so well. Uh, one thing, and I'm glad it came out in his Hall of Fame, uh, Hall of Fame speech, he's so funny. Yeah. Like, he's hilarious. He and he can do it with the dry humor and the sarcasm, or he can just straight just cut you up if he wants yeah. to. And that was kind of one of those moments where it was an icebreaker. It's like, you know – Lots of people, huh? Well, good luck. Like it was just kind of a like made me laugh a little bit and, and kind of get into it. So, uh, yeah, so blessed to be able to come up when I did. You think about that 2005 team. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a veteran laden team. Yeah. The youngest guy on that team was Yadier Molina, who already felt like a vet. You know, you knew he was taking over for Matheny. You knew that he was the heir apparent. 
he was going to be there forever. And you got a, a, a team with with Albert and Scott Rowland and Jim Admins. I mean, you you had you had dudes all yeah. over the place, and I come trotting in day one, and like it really felt like a movie. My flight was late when I got called up. And so I didn't get to the ballpark until it must have been like 5.30, 5.45 for a 7 o'clock game. And you know the hustle before a baseball game. And I, well, after security let me in, they didn't believe that I was a player. It's, it took a while. They still don't have fantasy. No, I know. I know. I, know. I, I know. bring my ID everywhere. I know. Those, I have those doesn't so work. Much, like, I over-credential at this point. <laughs> um, but uh, once they finally let me in, I remember opening the door and it just felt like a movie. It's like Matt mm. Morris is going this way, Pujols this way, Roland, Reggie Sanders. Like It was like the craziest thing just seeing all of this. So, mm. so blessed to be able to come up with such great veteran leaders and people, you know, Jason Isringhausen to this day, one of my best friends, one of the best uh, mentors that I've had. Like, I think that's so important. And it's something that's so great about the culture of this organization is you have that and then guys pass it down to the next one. I just, I feel like it's a very special thing. Why do you think it is that it's that way? Because, I mean, ultimately in the big leagues, if you're coming into the clubhouse, you've got a potential to take somebody else's job. Yeah. And so throughout the history of the game, it's not always been that way. What do you think it is that made Izzy say, hey, you know, <laughs> this, well, is, this is how we do it? He saw my skill set first. He's like, my job is going to be just fine. <laughs> like, I'm good to go. Might as well help this kid out. But, like, no, it, it, it just comes down to building a culture. And you guys have been doing this podcast for a long time. You know every Cardinal that's ever worn the uniform. You've had a chance to sit down and talk to a lot of them. Like, the culture is real, and the idea of like the quote unquote cardinal way is real too. Like that, that's it's not just the on the field the X's and mm-hmm. O's, but it's it's how you represent yourself all the time. How right. do you build up the next guy? When somebody walks in the door, guess what? We're teammates. How do I make him better? Like those things really matter. And when you when you focus on those things, and when somebody does it for you, it makes you want to do it for somebody else. And when you see somebody acting a certain way, you want to act the way that they do. You watch somebody work hard, you want to work like they do. Chris Carpenter is a great example for me. I always felt like I was a hard worker. I didn't have the skill set to not be a hard worker. Like I, I couldn't just show up and be like, well, I'm better than everybody here. And that started in Little League. Like I always had to, to work really hard. And I thought I worked hard until I saw Chris Carpenter work. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, that's what he's doing right now? It's day after a start and I, like he'll come in, he's sopping wet. I go, when did we get a pool? He's like, I just got done running. Like, you look like that after you ran. Like, what am what am I doing? I gotta I gotta Although do in more. Fairness, he looks he like sweats that so much. He speaks. If he's yeah. doing this podcast right now in this room, so. he's going through three shirts. <laughs> and in five minutes, we're all tarps off. Like, this is this is happening here soon. A little muggy down here. Uh, but like stuff like that, when you watch people work a certain way, and we watch people treat people a certain way, and organizationally it matters, and top to bottom it matters. It matters for mattered for Tony. It mattered for mm. Walt Jockety at the time. It matters for Bill DeWitt. Right now to this day, it matters to Bill DeWitt. Yeah. It matters to John Mosellock, the entire front office. It matters to Ollie Marmel. Like like the the accountability and the being a great teammate and the ushering this whole cardinal way to the next generation, it still matters. And that's why this organization is going to continue to have success. It's interesting you say that. we uh, When we were in Cooperstown, we took some of our uh, corporate sponsors and clients up, up on the trip with us. And one of them pulled me aside and she said, it is amazing the history of the club and the success, but how good these people are. Yes. And, you know, you can't always nail that 100%, but it is part of our DNA. Like, we want to bring the best players we can into this this experience and this setting. But 
you want them to treat each other well and treat the fans well. And we've been incredibly fortunate. I remember uh, one of my first spring trainings, first big league spring training, was actually the same year that I ended up getting called up was 2005. And I will never forget how kind and gracious when you got when it was my first time getting to meet a guy like red shane Deast yeah. and getting and spend time like talking about my family mm-hmm. where i'm from like what i'm into uh he made fun of me because i don't hunt like <laughs> like, <laughs> like stuff like uh, and seeing lou brock i'm walking mm-hmm. out and there's lou freaking brock the right there ever. walking out yep. to the field hey Mr. Thompson, how are you doing today? And I'm like, oh my God, Lou Brock knows my name. It was on my jersey, okay, guys? <laughs> it was like right there. But he gave me the Mis- Mr. Thompson. I'm like, yeah. Mr. Brock, I'm doing great. Getting to sit in and and have a conversation with Bob Gibson in in the dugout. Like these are things that you will never, I'll, I'll never forget. Like never forget these moments. And why did those guys continue to come back and give to the organization? They loved it. They loved the organization. They loved being a part of it. They loved giving back to the game of baseball, but they also truly knew that they were appreciated for being there. And if we, one thing that we need to keep doing as as broadcasters, I know that you guys do, and the, you guys uh, are the biggest key of keeping these these uh, alumni, keeping us alumni all involved, is we got to keep realizing that it's a special thing, and we need to respect these guys when they're around. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, regardless of how long they were a Cardinal, for sure. And that's, that's what that's I'm trying special. to say. Like, like yeah. let's like let's let's get the uh, middle reliever guy. Let's uh, let's elevate him a little. Hey, bit. you you had your second bobblehead. This year. Awesome, so by the way. Yes, bit. had gray hair too. <laughs> Thank you guys. It the, looked pretty the good. The was good. It yeah. really did. Yes. They, they nailed it. And same skin tone and everything. Like very, very alabaster. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah, it was right you know, on. When, you, when you talk about some of your teammates, as you just did, and you talk about how you kept, you know, Scott Rowland, a lot of those ground balls came from you. No big deal. You know, it's funny, as a broadcaster especially, I was saying to Joe earlier, to hear you talk about yourself. Mm. Somebody would be surprised to hear that you even made it to the big leagues because you're you're your self your self deprecating yeah. humor. You talk about yeah. yourself as if you were one of the twenty thousand players ever <laughs> to make it to the big leagues. And so I was wondering, you know, were you always that way when you were playing? And in terms so, of your, your broadcasting career, is that something that you knew you wanted to do, or how did no. that, that whole sense of humor that you have, where no, did that come Larry, from? I, well, first of all, I didn't play well enough uh, to <laughs> not be a broadcaster. Now, I thought I was going to play so well that I'd never have to work again. So here we are. I'm working again right now, um, which doesn't feel like work. Uh, but the, the overall, like the self-deprecating thing is, uh, uh, it's a crutch. I mean, it's like, I'll make fun of me before you get to, uh, is, is kind of where, where we're at with that. But I think that people do relate. Like, I love to laugh. I love to have fun. And I think that I can get into some things when I do something like that. Yeah. Like, oh, I thought that was bad. Check that, you know, I did this. But then really, like, really dig in. I will tell you this, like, with the self-deprecating humor, when I was playing, and I know this, this will be funny if you go look at my stats, I thought I was the best player on earth. When I was on the mound, I thought I was the toughest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. I thought that I was going to get everybody out, and I didn't care who you were stepping in the box. I thought I was better than you. Now that might be a crazy mentality, but when you're six foot tall, you throw 88 to 91. You've got a sinker and a slider, and both of them are, are they're average. You better have that, yeah. right? You better have that next level. So. I always had that confidence in myself, but it's not something that I was telling everybody about. It wasn't like a boastful confidence, and I still have that same confidence. Like, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it great, and I want to be prepared for it, and I want to make sure that I don't get done with it. I don't want to get done with this podcast and be like, oh, boy, if I would have just done this mm-hmm. or if I would have thought about this, like, you're going to miss something. You're always going to have something that you wish you would have done, but not being prepared is something that 
always bothered me as a like a young player. You get drafted, see all these first rounders making all this money, and I look around and doesn't do anything but he's like supremely talented i wish i had that talent like i wish i had what he had with my work ethic and i could turn into something special I wouldn't have to work right now uh but like that's something that i just always felt like uh, felt like i had is that inner confidence but i like to have fun too like it's one of my favorite things is to laugh if i'm listening to a radio show i want to laugh watching a tv show i want to have a good time i want to be informed of course i want to be informed of what's going on and this is something that i remember when i'm doing the broadcast and Danny Mac helped me a ton. Uh, Chip Carey has helped me a ton. But the, the the team and the players that are out there, that's the story. Like, that's what's going on. And that's what we're going to focus on the most. I might take a shot at myself every once in a while or, like, have some fun with something else. But, like, this is the story and this is what we're talking about. And these are the best of the best to do it. And we're going to tell you how they're doing it. We're going to tell you why they're doing it. We're going to tell you what they're thinking or what we think they're thinking. And if we're wrong about that somebody's wife or mom or dad is going to yell at us and like that, that's kind of how it goes we got to focus like those guys are the focus and we're just uh, very fortunate to get to talk about it it's almost like this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're a fan with access. Like, it really is kind of that feeling. When you were a player, you know, I think fair to say probably interviews post-game not your favorite, which is most players find themselves in that boat. I mean, is that a, a fair statement, you think? Are you bringing up a particular interview? Well, I, you, I wasn't are you going leading? To, I wasn't is going this a to. leading question? I wasn't, Brad, I wasn't leading. I was, okay. uh, there's the, the, <laughs> the famous kicked puppy line, but. Leading. You brought it up. Leading. Your me. Honor. <laughs> leading. I guess my, my question where I am leading is, you know, most guys stand in front of their locker and, hey, for any of us in any profession, it's hard to answer questions when things don't go well yeah. or even when they do because mm-hmm. you just don't want to explain the minutiae. You want to go out there. You want to do your work well. You want to go home. So at what point did it kind of dawn to you, hey, I, I have the gift of gab, so to speak, and per- perhaps really? No, never. So uh, I understand the question and I talk a lot, obviously. Here we are again. Um, but no, I never, I never thought about doing this for a living. I never thought that after baseball, I would like to broadcast. I never thought about it in school. And I just went, you know, I went to a small school in Utah. I got drafted out of junior college. Uh, but my, I had signed to go to UNLV and I was going to get into law. Like I wanted to be an attorney. That, this <laughs> is the way I guess I could have talked a lot there too. Um, but that's where, that's the direction that I was heading is that, is that I wanted to do that. Um, and as a player, uh, you know the the role of the reliever, and I, I started games too. And you talk more, you know, as a starter. But it's kind of like being an offensive lineman in football. Like they talk to you when it, there was holding. <laughs> it's like, Brad, what happened on this one? Like, oh, sure. Well, you know, sure. here we go again. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what happened. You saw it. Um, <laughs> but it was something where I was I wasn't short necessarily, but like I, I wasn't going to give you a ton either. I'm going to tell you what happened and, and go from there. Yes, I did have the one comment where. I was asked after the game, hey, Brad, this is in Kansas City. I think he gave it like eight runs in two innings, whatever it was. Maybe it didn't last two innings. But it was like, hey, Brad, where do we go from here? 
I don't know who it was, probably Jim Hayes, had, had to probably. ask a question like that. Yeah. Where do we go from here? I could have answered anything. I could have said probably to AAA. Like yeah. that, like, and that was probably the answer. <laughs> uh, but I said, I don't know, go find a puppy to kick. That was not the answer, turns the answer. out. Yeah. You know, Tony uh, had his foundation. Yeah. ARF. Of all rosters yeah. to be on Animal with that Rescue comment. Foundation. Mm-hmm. ARF yes. it was. Mm-hmm. Next day coming out to the dugout, I just hear, well, and when I hear the full name, I know I'm in trouble. I hear Bradley. I'm like, oh, that's Tony. Uh, yes, sir. Skipper, what's happening? He just said, did you say what I heard you said? I said, what part? He goes, you know what part? So yeah, no, yeah, I did. Uh, I thought it was a term. I thought it was like just slang term. He goes, it's not. And next time you win a game, you better adopt a dog. So then we got a second dog. And her, oh name, was, her name was Belle. And she's very <laughs> sweet and uh, great dog. But yeah, so dealing with the media initially was like not ever anything like I sought after as a player and I never thought about doing it. The guy that got me into the media, though, is a former Cardinal. You guys know the story very well. Uh, is Chris Duncan. Mm-hmm. Chris Duncan, uh, God rest his soul, yeah. Dunk would be doing this right now. Mm-hmm. Dunk would be sitting in this chair. Dunk would be up there with Chip Carey. Like, he was incredible. King of the self-deprecating oh humor, yes, too. Of course. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Him and I, we'd get together, and we didn't know after a conversation who was worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, a f- funny story along those lines of the, the deprivation thing. So, I text Dunk. This is, uh, I'm playing independent ball, and this is after he got my foot in the door in the radio, and I'll kind of get into that in a second. But I text him. I, I was went back playing independent ball, and I gave up 11 runs in the first inning of a game. 11 runs in the first inning. Now, I will have you know, I went seven innings in that game and only gave up 11. You saved the pen. Did save the pen. Yeah. Second, day, uh, second part of a doubleheader. Mm-hmm. Nice game. Had, had to do it. Had to wear it. But I, t- I text Dunk, and I go, dude, I just gave up 11 runs in the first game. And it was the first inning. I had the thought in my mind. It was, like, very vivid of me taking off my jersey, throwing it in the stands, and just keep walking. Like, I, like, really thought about doing that after that inning. Uh a few weeks later, I was done. Anyhow, I, I decided that was enough. But he he texted me back. He's like, "Dude, that stinks. You're gonna be fine. If it makes you feel any better, I struck out twice tonight in slow pitch softball." <laughs> 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 like, dude, oddly, that makes me feel yes, a little does. bit better. Uh, but it was it was Dunk when he was going through when he was going through his health uh, issues and he had his brain tumor initially. And this was before anybody knew about it. It was kind of under wraps. He was working over at 101, and he doing drive time radio on the fast lanes guys incredible like you hear dunk once you're best friends with him like you, you love him mm-hmm. but he was going through his health issues he didn't take some time off and uh he passed along my number to the the program director there and he said hey i don't know if this guy's got any interest he's in town i think he'd do good i, I think he'd, he'd have fun with it and i think he'd enjoy it if you want to give him a call so i got a phone call on a friday from the program director asking if I could come in on a Monday. And it's the off season, it's, it's all NFL. So I say, yeah, why not? My wife probably wants me out of the house by now. Like, this would be a good idea. Maybe I'll go in and, and check it out. I've been listening to Dunk. I love listening to him. So whole weekend, I mean, Saturday I'm digging in. It's college football. I'm taking crazy notes. Sunday NFL, like I, I feel like I've watched everything, done everything, I got all these notes. And uh, I get one segment in, I get called into the hallway by the program director. And I walk out, I go, did I say the F word? Is, is this bad? Did I do it? He goes, no, man. He said, like, you sound great. Would you, could you stay the rest of the week? I said, yeah, that'd, that'd be great. And then after that week, they asked me to stay the rest of the off season. Hmm. And it got to the point where uh, I was leaving to go play independent ball again. And they offered me to say, hey, we got a position for you if you want it. And I said, I, 
I can't do it. I guess I love I love this, but I have to know that I'm done with mm-hmm. baseball. Like the last thing I want is that regret of man. If I'd have gone back, if I'd have gone back that one year, I could have done it. Right? Boy, I don't have that. I don't have that at all. I went yeah. back. It didn't go great. That <laughs> inning that I told you about, I decided we, my wife and I, we had our, our first son while I was playing independent ball. I came home for you know two weeks when he was born, went back out and played. And I was just like, this ain't right. I, I'm not going to make it back. So I called. I, I called uh, ESPN. I said, hey, any chance you still got a job available? I said, but we've been keeping a spot for you. So they kept a spot for me <laughs> and did it for 10 years up until this yeah. year doing it full time. So Chris <laughs> Duncan is the only reason that I got into that. Duncan and I did a podcast together for a long time, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll like the name of it. It was called Redbird Rejects. Because Dunk, <laughs> Dunk used to always like to tell the story of getting traded. He's in the big leagues, and then he's in Pawtucket on a sloped bed watching a box TV with no remote. So we, we had some we had some fun with that, breaking down Cardinal stuff. But, yeah, Chris Duncan, one of my favorite teammates ever, one of my best friends ever. So he's the only reason that I got into the broadcasting in the first place. And just no ego. Hmm. That was the None. thing. And he, if anybody grew should big, have. He grew up with, right. like, Canseco and McGuire. Yeah. Like, that was his, right. his upbringing right. was those guys. And you're right. He had yeah. no ego at all. And him and Shelly Duncan together, mm. you get those two together. You want to talk about holding court and telling stories. And, I mean, his his parents, and, and God bless his mom, Janine, who mm-hmm. passed away with the same tumor, unfortunately. Yeah. She was an angel putting up with those two because those boys got into trouble left and right. And you got to pitch for one of the best pitching coaches ever yes. in his dad, Dave yep. Duncan. I yep. mean, Dave, what was Dave like? Dave was the best, man. So Dave wasn't necessarily – it wasn't like – mechanics right it wasn't just and he knew all those things but he would pass those off he had such a great relationship with marty mason the bullpen coach for a long time for the cardinals but if you could execute his game plan we live in a world of analytics now and there's there's information everywhere and like at our fingertips we could find stuff and if you have access to all these expensive sites you can get all this information dave were dave was those expensive sites and you'd seen the 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 things that he traveled with, the cases. I love the binder in the dugout. Well, he'd have yeah. the binder. He'd have yeah. this huge binder that has all the information yeah. that all of these other teams, uh, you know, are trying to have. And he's got <laughs> all your spray charts and all your heat maps and all the stuff that we have now. But it was in pen and paper, and we would travel. God forbid you had like a three-city road trip because he's got a trunk. <laughs> I mean, it was enormous, <laughs> just full of information that he would lug around. But he was so incredibly prepared, and he did such a good job of fine-tuning what you do well to what uh, to, to what the opposition struggles with, right? I've been in pitching meetings before where it's like, well, this guy can't hit a cutter, so bury your cutter in. I'm sitting like, I have no cutter. I don't, I don't, I don't have that. Uh, and I distinctly remember my first ever pitchers meeting with Dave Duncan. So go in, and that's kind of what it is. You're going in, and this is the relievers meeting. I was a reliever at the time. And the concept is, in a relievers meeting, is you go over how do you get somebody out one time. Okay, Because usually you're not turning the lineup over as a reliever. If you are, you're a long guy. The game looks different. So how do you get them out one time? And we're going over every hitter, and I'm sitting here. I'm trying to retain all this information, you know, and uh, I get done coming out of the meeting, and, you know, all veterans around me, they're walking out. I'm last walking out because I'm last in everything. Like, I'm just like, I'm going to let those guys go, respect my elders. I'm walking out, and I feel like a big arm on my, my shoulder. And I look, it's, it's Dunk. And he goes, hey, you know all that stuff that I just told you right there? Well, yes, sir. I was listening. I got it. He goes, forget it. Forget all that stuff. Take your sinker, throw it right down the middle. You're going to have success. Mm, wow. And I was like, I was like, really? He's like, really? 
and like my ball moved a lot. Yeah. Don't try to be too fine. Like I just tried to simplify it. Like yeah. let me throw it down the middle. Let me make it move. And then lo and behold, like you got big league hitters that are beating the ball into the ground. Sometimes we try to do too much. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're ball one, ball two. You try to be perfect. Like it's we we give everybody too much credit. But the trust in yourself and his like his knowing to tell me that like he probably saw me swimming in that meeting. He's probably just saw my eyes like flickering and like, oh god, what is he talking about? I got to get a cutter. I better get a twelve six curveball. I got to get all these things. And he said, no, don't do any of that. Throw it right down the middle. And that's one thing when I get an opportunity to talk to young pitchers, especially that come up. It's it's not that you're always trying to grow and you're always trying to grow at this level. But remember what got you here. Mm-hmm. Like, have confidence in what you have. You don't have to do more when you get here. You have to do what you are doing, and that's why you're here. But uh, I, it's easier said than done when you get on a big league mound and you got that third deck on the stadium. Well, and we uh, knew when you were on because your sinker darted. I mean, it was and, – and I think we, we talk about all the humor and the self-deprecating stuff, but I think we ought to be real for a moment and realize you had the incredible streak in the minor leagues that we can get to, but that 06 team – does not have the success that they have, no chance without our bullpen, which was made up of a young nucleus that included you and Randy Flores and Tyler Johnson. I mean, you Josh guys in Josh Kinney. I mean, Adam you Wainwright guys, by the yeah, end. Adam Wainwright at the Who? end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is unbelievable. When we when you look at back and how you just were, you guys were flat out shut down in the postseason. Yeah, and, and it, it came down to confidence. And that confidence was instilled by each individual, right? You have to have it in yourself. Like you, you, You're not going to have other people prop you up and then all of a sudden believe you're good. Like You have to have that inherently. But you also had great veterans that lifted everybody up, too. I mentioned Jason Isringhausen mm-hmm. a lot because you know he's, he's one of my favorite teammates ever. And unfortunately for Izzy, he got hurt at the yeah. end of that season. That's where Adam Wainwright came in. Izzy was the biggest help during that, uh, that that you could ever ask for. And like that's being a great teammate. That's yeah. what we go back to talking about what being a Cardinal is all about, is propping guys up. And uh, I learned so much from him and other guys out there. I, Ray King uh, was was a huge help for me as well. Like I, I love Ray. Uh, there were a lot of guys that, that just really you could lean on. But Izzy told me how, like taught me how to succeed. Like the succeeding, like you think, oh, succeeding is easy. You know how quickly you can get knocked off your horse in the big leagues, like very fast. I remember just real quickly, came into a game. It was against uh, the Brewers, and uh, I think it was Jason Marquis had struggled. He left one guy on, and I come in, throw a one pitch, get a double play. I'm like, boom. He's here. Yeah, no big deal. One pitch, double play. One pitch, two outs. Second pitch, Russell Brannion hit it off his face, off his actual face, on the big screen at Bush 2 in audio that gets played way too often in my life with Dan McLaughlin laughing as the ball goes up. He hit it off his face out there. Like, this game is humbling, right? Like, you think... Uh, to use a mm-hmm. to use a dunkism, dunk used to always say, "When you think you're in, you're out. When you think you're out, you're in." Like like this game can be maddening at times, uh, but that veteran leadership there really helped the young guys get through it. And Dave Duncan and Marty Mason and Tony Larusa having the confidence to put Josh Kinney and Tyler Johnson in these huge games and put a rookie in Adam Wainwright in the ninth inning and Yadier Molina behind the plate ushering everybody through, still a young buck himself, 
but also had the poise and the presence of a veteran where he said something you said okay like you guys have talked to adam you've heard him tell the story so many times about pitch one to beltron right right like change up change up dude threw no change ups. Yeah. like very rarely yeah. did he throw the change up and he called it he's like okay seems right because yadi thinks that that's the right thing like when you have that guy that has the conviction you're gonna have it as well but the young bullpen was was i mean he had he had roland and albert and jimmy Certainly. I mean, you're anchored by that, but the young bullpen was incredible. They were. It was unbelievable. Randy Flores out there. That's <laughs> See, I, at the beginning, I said, like, there's all these different people and lives and careers that your career has kind of intersected with. Such a smart guy. Runs, obviously, for people who don't know, runs the draft for the St. Louis Cardinals, an assistant GM. What was he like sitting around in the bullpen in the middle innings back in the day? I'm sure, it's good for his job to tell what he was like. No, he was, <laughs> he was, he was one of the best. And, and one, of my, one of my favorite people in the game of baseball, one of my best friends. Um, but he, he's hilarious, first of all. Like, one of, one of the funniest yeah. guys that you will meet. Now, in... in his current role, you don't see the humor as much. I'm sure people in the office. Uh, get, we miss him at fantasy. Camp. Oh, don't we miss him at <laughs> oh fantasy gosh, camp? I mean, he was a he you, was a you two treat. together were a treat. Oh, yeah. Just ping pong off each oh. other. We'd have a little fun yeah. with that. Uh, but no, Randy, a character would have a lot of fun. But when it came close to like Randy time, and like it was a little different, right? There was no three batter minimum. He right. could come in and get your biggest lefty in the biggest spot. And we talk a lot about that game seven mm-hmm. uh, of Albert or not Albert. I'm sorry, but of. Uh, uh, Adam Wainwright striking out Carlos Beltran. Well, the winning pitcher that game was Randy Flores. Exactly. Right, like he, he came in, got yeah. got some big outs, and got a ton of big outs in the postseason. <laughs> when it came that time, he was as locked in as anybody. And again, not a he's not 97, 98. He knew how to pitch, and he was mean when he pitched, and he was confident when he pitched. And I just uh, that 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 confidence that he has, and now like the blend of the humor and the fact that he's just such a great person like it 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 all melds into a really good job for him now but as a a reliever he was awesome and he was fun to watch the way that he would approach things and I think that you guys know this and many Cardinal fans do I think I've told the story many times but uh Randy Flores like we're so close and I was close with his family and close you know he's close to my wife um that we actually got him ordained and he presided over our wedding so I call him Reverend Flo so whenever we see Flo, now I don't know if it was legit. We signed the paperwork. I think we paid for all the stuff. But his dad, his dad was a pastor in Las Vegas. So you know, church background growing up, mm-hmm. and just great family. Uh, so yeah, that was. I still remember because we didn't tell anybody that Flo was going to be doing it. I still remember the the face that I saw like dead center was Izzy, <laughs> and standing up there at the altar and Flo's there and the groomsmen are there and the bridesmaids are there and the you know bride hasn't come in yet and Izzy's face and I, I won't mouth exactly what he did but it was a what the heck (laughs) kind of kind of a face like he couldn't he's like really what is going on here is this a fake wedding you're looking like on that show punked (laughs) you're waiting for ashton kutcher to pop out uh but yeah we didn't tell anybody about that but yeah Mm -hmm. he's he's one of the best and i'm so excited for the trajectory that he's been on within the organization uh the the players that he's brought in, the the pipeline that the Cardinals have now, and he'll tell you, look, it's not just him. He's got an incredible staff that works for him. They've got a great nucleus in the front office that work together. But I'm so proud of Randy and the way that he's gone about it. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't get out of here on this. Chip Carey, uh, just 
talking about baseball savants, a guy that is great at what he does as a broadcaster, sees the game great, a baseball legacy family. And it feels like you guys have been doing games together for a decade, even though it's been half a season. Um, what's it just been like to get to know him, A, as a guy, but B, as a broadcaster? Because, again, the chemistry just feels instant. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Look, first of all, Chip Carey, is, he's an institution, right? The Careys are an institution, and he's so incredibly easy to work with. And the guy that you hear on TV, that's the guy that you're going to get in person. Like, he genuinely is so nice. And I honestly, every day I wait for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, when's Bean Chip going to show up? Like, <laughs> are, are we past the warranty <laughs> where, where he's just, he's just going to come in and just start, oh, this isn't good enough or whatever. But he doesn't. Like, he's, he's genuinely, like, that good of a dude. And he's he has the self-deprecating humor as well. He knows when to crack a joke. He knows when to be serious. Um, knows the game inside and out. He knows when to bunch uh, to bust out a Harry Carryism. You know, like, and it's it was a perfect fit. Um, you guys know the love and the reverence and the respect that I have for Dan McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. I love Dan. Love Dan to yep. death. Still do to this day. Absolutely. Um, if you were going to have to make a change at that position, you were going to have to bring somebody in. I don't see how you could have done any better mm-hmm. than Chip Carey. And I love Chip. Uh, it was funny, actually. We were in Chicago, and we were having a, a drink and a bite to eat after one of the games. And lots of Cardinal fans in Chicago. And a guy comes up, and he goes, aren't you guys sick of each other already? It's like, no, <laughs> we hang out all the time. Like, like It's just it's it's kind of part of it. You grow a, a bond, and that's the same bond that he has with Jim Edmonds when they're doing games. Like, that's what it's about. But he has the ability to be a uniter, you know. And when you look at the entire broadcast team, we're talking about John Rooney and Ricky Horton and Mike Claiborne and the, all of us, everybody hangs out. And it, I think that Chip has a lot to do with that, where mm-hmm. he's kind of uniting the group. So he's been so much fun to work with. The calls have been great. Uh, wish there were better moments all season long, as we, we've talked about, right? It's Chip's fault, if anybody's wondering. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but, it's a superstitious sport. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, he's got to wear it. It is what it is. He can maybe, wear it. Yes. Yeah. And look, from here on out, maybe he'll be better. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, he's he's been so much fun to work with. And honestly, it's an honor. And I think that we're very fortunate to have him be the TV voice of the Cardinals. You mentioned how he's helped you and just given you things, you know, a fresh set of eyes looking at the way that you work games. I imagine for him parachuting in and certainly he's used to the Cardinals having been in Atlanta so long, but what was it like for you trying to kind of help set the table for him and help him maybe understand kind of the intimate parts of the history he was stepping into? Yeah, it was one. We, we had the opportunity, fortunately, to work a lot of spring training games together. So we broadcast 15 spring training games and we did 10 of them together. And I, c- I can only imagine me getting thrust into any or other organization, right? You jump in. And spring training games are hard to do in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this guy pops in. It's the third inning. Like, who the heck is he that He doesn't running? have a name on Who's his number 98? <laughs> who is that? Uh, so it, it was one where, like, I don't ever. I, I didn't want to assume that he needed help, but I also wanted to just jump in wherever he needed me, right? So, and that was something where I, I asked. I would ask him, like, "Hey, you know anything about this guy?" He's like, "No, I, I heard his name. I'm like, perfect. I got this guy. You get that guy because I know you. Like, you got him. And like, we we played off each other uh, very very well in spring training. But it came down to again the idea of. The story's in front of us, right? You can go ahead and tell that story. I don't care if it's number 98 that you know, or it's Nolan Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt. You're able to tell the story. And 
he could go out and do a game with people where you got nine guys on the field, none of them have names on the back, none of them have uh, numbers on the back, and call a game and you would never know that he has no idea about any one of those guys because he's that talented. Mm-hmm. But uh, getting into the organization, meeting the people, like I, I know Jim Edmonds helped him a ton, tried to help him a ton as well, of just meeting everybody. Like it's hard. Like you spend, spend uh, time around an organization, a lot of you meet faces. a lot of people. There's yeah. a lot of faces. What do people do? You know, where what are their roles? And that's something that he truly cares about too. Like he wants to get to know everybody and what they do. And that's kind of I, I think where maybe Jimmy and I could help him the most. Somebody that we've gotten to know really well over the last two decades is Adam Wainwright. No, oh my. And I don't yeah. think we we should let the podcast run out without at least mentioning your teammate. I mean, he unfortunately this year has not gone how any of us would have hoped related to the team performance and in yeah. his injuries and, and probably if you would ask him his performance. But we've got a couple months left, and hopefully we see a strong finish. Um, um, but what a career, what a future Cardinals Hall of Famer. I don't know um, that anybody's impacted this city um, more than Adam. Um, and I don't know that I've met a better human being in my 19 seasons than Adam Wainwright, and he was your teammate. Guys, I'm uh, I'm the same age as Adam. I know what I feel like when I wake <laughs> up every morning. How's he still doing this? It's unbelievable. How, with, with all of the miles that he's put on his body and all of the innings that he's logged and all of the work that he's put in, it truly is remarkable what Adam Wainwright has been able to do. And to call him a teammate and a friend is a blessing. Like He is, to your point, Joe, he's one of the best humans you'll ever know. Forget baseball player. Just right. one of the best people. Right. Everybody knows what he does with Big League Impact. If you don't know what he does mm-hmm. with Big League Impact, look into it. BigLeagueImpact.org. I mean, you can get all the information of everything they're doing, people that they're helping in St. Louis, abroad, all the different players around the league that are helping out, that have various charities that they're linked to all over the, the country. It's, a, it's amazing what he's doing. But it's uh, it's so fun to watch him, and over the years, watch him reinvent himself too. Comes yeah. into the big leagues it's as incredible. as a closer yeah. uh, for a Flame World Series thrower. team. Yeah. Bing bang boom, no big deal. Then a starter, and then one of the most dominant starters in the league, and then get hurt, and then come back and not have the same stuff. There are so many guys that don't have the same stuff, and then they're done because they they only know how to pitch one way. Adam is a learner. Like he wants to always be learning something. Still to this day, I guarantee you that if he sees one of his teammates throw a pitch and it dives a certain way, he's going to walk right over to them and say, hey, how are you holding that? What are you doing with that? What are you thinking with that? How do you you manipulate that baseball? And the reason that he does it is because he wants to get better every single day. And we've seen him. We've seen him reinvent himself. We've seen him pitch backwards. We've seen him totally change his diet where, yeah. you know, he, he cut out sugar and carbs and fun, apparently, because those and he's things. a foodie, too. Oh, yes, so he is. incredibly hard oh, for him. Oh, big time. But, like, he knew he had to do it to yeah. reduce the inflammation in exactly. his body and, and give himself a chance. And, again, it goes down to sacrifice. Right. There's been a lot of sacrifice, and I, I, I realize that there's far more sacrifice, you know, in, in other jobs, okay? I'm not, sure. not trying to just put it, put it up on this pedestal, but there is. Like, there's so much sacrifice in whether it's a workout plan or a routine, or a diet, or time. He's got an incredible family that he loves. Well, he sacrificed a lot of that time with his family over the years to play the game that he loves. And his family has sacrificed that. And his family has been so steadfast. His wife, Jenny, 
is a saint. Like she, she is the the sweetest woman ever. But she knows. Like this has been this has been his passion. It's also been a, a great uh, pedestal for for them and for the charity to right. to affect lives over the years. And that is going to be something. Even when Adam Wainwright is done playing mm-hmm. the game of baseball, his impact on the community will last forever. His legacy will be bigger than forever. Baseball. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's uh, and when he won the Roberto Clemente Award, I know that that's meant more to him than basically anything in the game. You watch his, you've done zooms with him at his house. Right. It's the first thing you see behind him yeah, exactly. is his Roberto Clemente yeah. Award. So uh, just an honor to call him a teammate. I can't wait for the strong finish. Couldn't believe, and I don't know when people are going to hear this, but. Last time out, we saw Adam Wainwright as we're doing it. He was supposed to throw a live batting practice. It was supposed to be 65 pitches, and the dude got the start instead. He went five strong innings. He gave the team a chance to win. Ultimately, he didn't get win number 199, but the Cardinals won the game. He's miraculous, yeah. some of the stuff that he does. So I can't wait to watch the rest of this season. Well, I can't wait. We, three years when we put a red jacket on him either, but... Um Fans, make sure you're in the seats on October 1st when we honor Adam at the end of the season. It's going to be a spectacular day. He is just an A-plus human. There is no doubt about it. Brad, we appreciate you taking the time. I know you've been huge for the alumni program. You've always been great to me, and we just appreciate you on a day where you've got to go up and like do your full-time job. It's going to be great. Stopping by and coming in a little early. We know that's a big deal, so thank you. No, shoot. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Love what you're doing here, and I love what you guys do with the alumni. We appreciate it. Like Having a guy like me that gets to do stuff like this, I'll tell you, what, I'm truly blessed to do it. And, hey, we didn't even get to this, but we're we're on the only two triple play combos in the history of Fantasy Camp. Sorry about that. Yeah, we'll get to that no in another deal, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Brad. We'll be back on September 1st for our season finale. For Brad, Joe, and Larry, I'm Brett. We'll talk to you next time on the Cardinals Insider Podcast.